Welcome to Reincarnation Past Lives Revisited. Every week we will cover one of the many cases of reported reincarnation experiences so we can explore the reported facts of reincarnation and bring the discussion out into the light about what happens to our souls after death. I'd like to thank Raphael Crux for allowing us to use his music from the freepd.com public domain music site. Today we're going to discuss a case that has, shall we say, a level of taboo about its being broadcast due to the nature of the original person's death and the concern about the sensitivities for the family at hearing that their loved one may have been reincarnated again. I found this case in a reincarnation forum when the child's mother wrote in seeking information, support and advice about how to handle her little son's memories. The name of the child is not listed in the site and his mother goes by the name of Baby RN in the forum, so there's no way to determine real names and I tend to agree that perhaps a degree of discretion should be considered for this case. So I will simply call the mother Baby RN and the little boy Little Firefighter. Baby RN says her son is a very quiet and kind child and he is considerate to everyone. She first realised there was something unique about her little son when he started insisting that he was a firefighter. He insists that he doesn't want to just be a firefighter when he grows up, that he is one now. He would get up in the morning, put on his fire outfit and tell his mother he was going to work. He would take his play axe and pretend to chop down the walls because there was fire behind them. In their home, little firefighter had lined up four fire hats in a row in his mother's bedroom so that everyone could get them quicker if they needed them. His own room was set up like a fire station according to where he said it would go in a real fire station. He told his mother that he needed a real air tank and a real axe for his fire station room because the ones he has are play ones and they don't work. Little Firefighter was very protective of his family and every night before bed he put on his fire boots and hat and came into his sister's room with his fire flashlight to check the room. When he was satisfied he would declare all's clear and both of them would happily go to bed. The routine became so entrenched that his sister wouldn't go to bed until he did his round but interestingly he only would do it if his mother put the children to bed. If his father did it, he seemed to defer to his father and leave the bedtime rituals to him. He gives quite a bit of detail about life as a firefighter and this in itself is intriguing enough, but the plot thickened considerably in the forum posts when another reader of the forum started answering Baby RN's posts. Jeff Keane, an assistant fire chief in Westport, Connecticut, has an extensive career in the fire department at Westport and so is extremely knowledgeable on life as a firefighter. He was able to provide some interesting feedback on Baby RN's information. So to get into the story, on one occasion they were reading a Curious George book about George in the big city, and Little Firefighter pointed to a drawing of the Twin Towers. He said very matter-of-factly, bad men knocked those buildings over as he pointed to the picture. Then he said planes broke in them and he couldn't help. He said there were people jumping because they couldn't wait for him to get to them. He said he was stuck on the floor with his breathing mask on and he was trying to get out. I think what his mother means there is he was trying to get people out through the window, but it was too small. So he used his axe to break a hole so that he could get people out. 
He was trying to break through the wall because he could hear people calling for him, calling for help. Little Firefighter has very clear memories about the equipment and the trucks he used in his career. He's spoken frequently about the types of trucks that he was in. He would talk about the colour of the bucket and how it felt to come down from up high in the bucket and how it gives a little bounce at the end, demonstrating with his hand how it bounced. He also explained how the mechanism of the bucket worked, demonstrating again with his hands, explaining that there were two levers in the bucket. Now his mother gets a little confused about the explanation at this point and states that one of the levers is for going up and another for down or something like that. She said he also said something about engaging levers from the bucket to spray hoses from the bucket. Little firefighter says to spray water you push the lever down for off and up for on, she thinks. He thinks his truck has the number three on it. Baby RN says three comes up a lot in the conversation. He says his hat has a three on it, but she feels that he's wavering about the number, as he has said it's on his truck and on his hat. Sometimes he says it's three or 33, and every once in a while he'll say it's 343, but it's always three or four, or variations of it. However, he is emphatic that his helmet is black with a yellow stripe. He said he has a picture of a wolf with a moon on his truck and always calls it his truck. He told his mother he rides up the front, but he is not the chief. He says when fighting a fire, firemen follow the leader up a line in a fire, and if one of the fighters falls off the line, he uses a bright light and sometimes a camera to find them and makes them say cheese. So Jeff responded to this information, and when I quote Jeff, I'm actually quoting pretty much word for word what he said on the forum. Jeff said that uh, he doesn't believe that Little Firefighter is wavering. If he was on Rescue 3, then there would be a 3 on the rescue vehicle and a Rescue 3 on his helmet. Also, if he'd been on a ladder company, there would have been a 3 on the truck and ladder 3 on his helmet. He says the names ladder and truck are used in different ways in the fire service. He feels that Little Firefighter could be right on all counts, as during a firefighter's career, they will be on many different vehicles, trucks, ladders, rescues, all with different numbers. Some vehicles are stationed alone, while other stations have two or more vehicles, such as Engine 43, Truck 3, or Rescue 3 and Truck 33. The station nearest the World Trade Center that was so close it was destroyed was known as 1010 House. It was named that because it held truck number 10 and engine number 10. Jeff can also provide some information about the way the buckets work. He said that in years past, when they used ladder trucks, the hose was brought up the ladder. Now with the advent of bucket trucks, there is a pre-piped waterway to the bucket and the ladder pipe, or master stream, is turned on by turning a wheel or moving a lever. So you don't stand there in the bucket with a hose line in your hand, although you can at times, but you'd rather operate the nozzles built into the bucket system to adjust the water. He also provides a very interesting point. When I first read about little firefighters saying his hat was black, I thought, well, that has to be wrong. Surely most firefighters would have high-vis yellow or white hats or even red hats, but black. However, Jeff says, over the years, Fire Department New York fought to keep their turnout gear black. 
For most fighters, their helmets are indeed black with reflective tape on them so they can be seen better at night. He also points out that, like the World War II pilots, many firefighters do the same thing as the fighters did and customise their trucks with insignia and icons that are meaningful to them. Jeff says he also understands completely why Little Firefighter calls the truck his truck. Jeff states he knows that feeling well. He feels that Little Firefighter was at the very least a lieutenant or a captain of the company and would therefore assume the passenger seat in the cab. There are other things too that make Jeff feel like Little Firefighter is a lieutenant or a captain. In later posts, Baby RN says Little Firefighter picked up a red whistle he had one morning and blew it, saying, this is how I wake the firefighters up if they need to go to a fire or if they sleep too long. Jeff laughed at that and said again that he was convinced Little Firefighter must have been a lieutenant because that's the sort of thing they did, that they would sometimes bang pots or blow whistles or whatever they needed to do to get the men up. Baby RN related an incident that she thought was funny. She said one day she went into his room after he'd woken in the morning and he was standing on the bed saying, Welcome to my fire truck. Can I give you a tour? We've just got this new truck for Christmas. Our firehouse is so much fun, I think you'll like it. Jeff did a big LOL at that one and said PR and public education is a big part of station life. Giving tours, letting kids try on the boots on helmets or ringing the bells on the trucks is part of the job. And he says, it sounds like Little Firefighter would have been good at that too. Jeff also confirms that many times firefighters are in a line and they do have high-powered flashlights that could be used to find a man who has become separated from the group. They may also use a thermal imaging camera, but Jeff doesn't feel the three-year-old is talking with his flippant say cheese comment. He said he loved it and that's exactly the way he would expect a firefighter to react on finding his missing crewman. Jeff says, and I quote, His concern for the people shows me that he is a firefighter deep in his heart and soul. I don't see any way that he could not have been a firefighter, given his knowledge of all the little nuances of the job. One of the worst things you can do to a firefighter is to make him feel helpless and many were made to feel that way on 9-11. His mother has noticed that Little Firefighter's tone of voice is completely different when he talks about his firefighting memories, and he doesn't use his normal childlike play voice. If she questions him about the information he's providing, he laughs at her with an expression of, why are you questioning me like this? You know I know the answers. He stated very emphatically that he was not just a firefighter, he is fire rescue. At around the age of five, he told his mother he likes to drive through red lights with the sirens on when he doesn't actually have to, and then he laughs. He said they got a new fire truck because the old one was wrecked. He seemed to be most enthusiastic about the new fire truck and spoke of it often, enthusing that it has a TV in it and maps and a boat on the top. He also tried to give directions to his fire station. He says you take a left and then a right, and then his station is on the left, with another one across the street on the right. He told his mother that he trained the new guys coming through and his friend Mike was with the older guys. Mike has two or three kids but one of the biggest four-year-old boys he's ever seen. Little Firefighter said he has a lot of firefighter friends and one of his friends drives his bucket. He told his mother she'd really enjoy the Christmas parties at his fire station as everyone had a lot of fun. 
And Jeff was really interested in that comment that little firefighter made about Mike. He said, Mike is on a different truck and he rides with the old guys, whereas little firefighter rides with the young guys and shows them what to do. Jeff commented that that was very insightful. There is something known as country clubbing. Older firefighters are sometimes moved to less active stations in a large city or in busy departments because when you get older, you become more brittle and tire easier. Jeff says that when he joined the department in Westport, Connecticut in 1976, they did around 300 calls a year, and when he left in 2003, they were doing nearly 4,000. So this moving to quieter departments is done to a lesser extent with officers because there are less positions for them at stations. He still feels that Little Firefighter was most likely a captain or lieutenant, which puts him in a supervising capacity. So a New Yorker by the name of Justin Smith responded to the comments and he found it interesting that Little Firefighter stated his station was downtown. Justin says in American usage it usually refers to the city centre. In New York City the word refers to lower Manhattan. He thinks that even the phrase downtown might have originated in New York City. The World Trade Centre and Wall Street are both definitely downtown. So that actually would stand to reason that he would be in a fire station downtown. Baby Firefighter insists that he's not just a firefighter, he is also fire rescue and spoke of being a scuba diver. He talked at length about his gear and his air tank and told his mother that he rescues animals as well. She said he received a pair of flippers and goggles as a present from someone and when he put them on he automatically started walking backwards in them and when he entered the pool... He rolled into the pool backwards, telling everyone, see, this is how you do it. He has a lot of animal rescue toys and rescue boats, and one of the sets came with a plastic torpedo shape that has handles on the side. Little Firefighter called it a motor, and he said that it's like his real one. He then demonstrated how you used it, and he dived underwater, swimming really fast, with the little plastic torpedo in front of him. Once he saw a picture of a firefighter in a scuba outfit and said, that's just like mine, and he has two tanks on his back because he's going to do a deep water dive. The diver was standing side on and it wasn't easily discernible that he had two tanks on. And then little firefighter pointed at something that looked like two metres on the tanks and said that that's how he knew there were two. Jeff Keane informed Baby RN that if Little Firefighter used the word gear, then he was using the terminology firemen used on the job, as anything you wear on the job is gear. He says many of the rescue company members are in fact scuba divers. New York City is an island, and a lot of the rescue calls received are in the water. Jeff also informs Baby RN that rescue fireys do in fact rescue animals as part of their normal job, both on land and water and adds in a tongue-in-cheek tone, have you ever seen a firefighter do CPR on a cat or a dog? I have. Jeff recognised the little torpedo device as well. He said that this device is just what he says it is. It's a motor, and that divers have been using them for many years. It pulls the diver through the water at a pretty good speed, which is its main purpose, to get them from point A to, a to B in the shortest amount of time. In fire or rescue situations, time can be a very big enemy. He also confirms that yes, in many cases, the divers do roll into the water on their backs so that their face masks will not be either knocked off or pulled off by the water or pushed into your face by the water, which is extremely painful. 
He also confirmed about the buckets and said that yes, they do actually bounce when they reach the bottom of their travel if the levers are not operated very smoothly. Carol Bowman responded to Baby RN, mentioning that she found little firefighters' use of the present tense as being particularly telling. In her experience, young children who have past life memories often speak of the events from the past in the present tense because they don't necessarily realise fully that they have made a transition into another life. She also wondered whether he was feeling a sense of trauma as children who have memories of violent or traumatic deaths can dwell on their last thoughts and feelings. Little firefighters comment, I couldn't save them, might indicate a feeling of guilt or upset about it. Although Baby RN says that he doesn't seem to demonstrate any anxiety or upset about his memories. However, these memories can be upsetting for everyone surrounding the child. Baby RN says rather wistfully in a later post, this is where my problem lies. I've been listening and not asking much about this for the past year because he's mine and he's here now. I do believe very much in reincarnation and I always have. I just never had much proof and this is an in-my-face example, unfortunately, from my son, who I would prefer not to be the example. It's definitely a weird place to be in as a parent. I want to know as much as he can tell me, but I also don't want him to talk about it so much that he thinks it's now. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense to me, and there must be a rather bittersweet feeling of being torn to want to help the child, but also being a little bit fearful that he will wish for the family he had in the past, or the life that he had, rather than the one that he has now. With regard to mentioning any information about the time between lives, Little Firefighter doesn't say a lot, but what he does say does tally with the other cases I've explored. He said to his mother, Do you know, when you die, you pick a belly and you go back into it. When asked in the forum if he seemed afraid by the memories, his mother answered that no, he was in fact very matter-of-fact about it, as if he was talking about any factual information. However, there have been times where it's clear that fearful emotions have shown themselves to be present. The first signs were when Little Firefighter was still a toddler. He went through a phase when he was around 16 months old of not being able to use one of his legs. He would be walking fine and then just fall and drag that leg behind him. It never seemed to hurt him, but he couldn't walk on it. The strange symptom occurred on and off for a period of around three weeks. Repeated visits to doctors failed to find anything wrong. But at the same time, he was suffering from night terrors and would wake up from his naps screaming and in a panic. To his mother, it seemed like he was still asleep, but it was like his whole body was tensed up. And this was really out of character with the mellow, easygoing child that he normally was. Little Firefighter has books that he reads at night, and several of them are children's books about firefighters. In one of them, there is a cartoon picture of a training tower and a skyscraper with a cartoon fire truck with a long ladder. He told his mother he likes the smaller buildings and not the high ones because he's scared of the taller one will fall on his head. Baby RN said that this was the first time he'd expressed anything like that to her and had demonstrated any sign of fear. She told him that he was here now with her and that he was safe. Little firefighter responded, I know, and told her to stop talking and read the book. Jeff Keane replied, You were privy to something really rare. Firefighters seldom open themselves up on a deep level to others. 
They learn very early on in the job to stifle their feelings. They see many nasty things. Some will cover it in some ways with black humour and the like. On the call, you don't have time to stop and feel. You just do. You get the job done. The moment that he opened up to you didn't last long and then he told you to stop talking and read the book and it was right then when he closed himself down again. But he must really love you very much to have shared with you in that way, no matter the short duration. The final listed example is particularly telling and it must have been quite disconcerting for the little firefighter and his parents to experience. Little firefighter and his father were wrestling together and playing in the living room as they often did. Little firefighter was hiding something under a blanket, perhaps a toy or a childish treasure. His father took the blanket and put it over his son's head, wrapping him up in it. Little firefighter was only under the blanket for a matter of possibly five seconds or so, but he completely panicked and started screaming and ran from the room. His father was surprised and confused as his son had never acted like that and he was normally a happy instigator in their usual rough-and-tumble play. His mother, hearing the cries, went into her son in the other room and asked him what was wrong. He was still crying as he said, It was so heavy on my head and I couldn't get out. She said the look in his eyes was pure fear and he looked completely shaken up. She reassured him and said, You're okay, you're out now and Daddy was just playing. The little boy seemed to sort of suddenly regroup and then ran back into the room where his father was and started playing again as if nothing had happened, although this time of course his father left the blanket out of it. He also demonstrated his concern about fire in other ways. He told his mother he was scared of big fires and going up high. He was also very concerned that the family didn't have a fire plan to get out of the house if there was a fire and he couldn't reach the real fire extinguisher, becoming very upset about that fact. So the family made a plan for him and let him listen to the smoke alarm so he would know what it sounded like if it went off. They laid out an exit plan and a congregation point so that he would be comfortable and know where to go and what to do. A few minutes later, little firefighter's father set off the fire alarm again and said, OK, let's pretend this is a real fire. What would you do? Thinking the little boy would follow what they just practised, instead, he ran and he got out his real fire hat that a friend had given him recently and began trying to climb on things in his closet to get to the real fire extinguisher. And then he covered his face with his blanket and began yelling at his father to get out and get low. Naturally enough, this concerned the parents even more as they realised that if there was actually a real fire, rather than trying to escape it and get out, their little child was likely to try and stay and fight it. He has also at various times expressed his fear of tall buildings. When his mother queried him about it, asking if he was scared of the high elevators, he replied, no, the high buildings, because they're not safe and they can hurt you and you could fall. He's also expressed confusion and inability to understand the mindset of the terrorists that day and has asked on several occasions over the years why they did what they did, asking where they came from, querying why they seemed incapable of thinking about the lives they took. I think, to be honest, he is not alone in his sense of confusion and grief about 9-11. I doubt there's a single person who was alive that day that does not have the terrible images of what happened burned into our brains. And I hope we never have to encounter a tragedy of this magnitude again. So, what to make of all this? It's pretty clear to me 
that the information that little firefighter knew as a four-year-old boy is not something he could easily have picked up in the course of his life experience of this life. I personally think this case has the potential to be the most definitive case of reincarnation that we've seen to date. Are we likely to ever know who Little Firefighter was in his past life? I think the possibility exists. A few of the forum readers did a bit of sleuthing, as this post was understandably fascinating to a lot of people. One writer noted that Engine 33 was the first to respond to the scene and that 343 firefighters died that day, which of course are the numbers that little firefighters seem to focus on. Another discovered a lieutenant who died at 9-11 called Kevin Dowdall. Kevin loved to scuba dive and also loved doing rescue work. Baby RN noted that little firefighter had given her specific information with regard to his rank, name and serial number in his past life so she feels it would be easy to discover this person and she agreed that Kevin Dowdle's life did match up with her son's recollections but she also hinted that there were other facts that she knew that did not line up. Of course she may have been saying that to try and put people off the scent a little as she makes it clear that she feels extremely uncomfortable about broaching the subject with the family of the firefighter wondering how she herself would feel if somebody appeared claiming their child was a lost and much-loved family member. And let's face it, that is a tough question. Would I want to hear that or not? I think I personally might, but for a staunch Catholic family, for example, the news could be quite difficult to accept and confronting about their personal views on death and the afterlife. Whatever happens with this particular case, I suspect it will not be the only 9-11 case that surfaces over the years. We lost so many people that day, and so tragically. Thank you for listening to Reincarnation Past Lives Revisited. I hope you enjoyed this case. If you have any interesting stories about reincarnation, or if you can relate your own past life experiences, I can be reached by email at reincarnationplr at gmail.com, or through my website, reincarnationplr.com If you'd like to keep up to date on my latest podcast posts, you can find me on Facebook under Reincarnation Past Lives Revisited. We'll be back again soon with another episode, but until then, remember that you are unique and your life has a purpose.